Hi everyone and welcome to ABCs of Anesthesia. My name is Lahiru. My name is Kaz. And as we've been doing, these episodes are all about the ANSCA training program and the application process for anesthesia. And today we're going to go through references. Now I find this is a really challenging thing, especially in anesthesia. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's probably one of the hardest things and um, it's probably one of the points where you never really know if what you're doing is right. Yeah, that's right. It's a bit of a gamble, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I think in anesthesia, it's tricky for a number of reasons. So, you know, you've got in our department, we've got maybe around 60 different consultants. So the chance of you working with one consultant more than once um, is is pretty low. Mm. And so how do they really get to know you? How do they really get a feel for if you're good or not? Um, But then every different profession has its own challenges. For example, if you're working on a surgical ward, Maybe it's really your registrars that you're meeting with, but you're not really seeing the consultants. Uh, so either way, it's going to be challenging. So uh, look, there's there's definite challenges, but this, these are some of the things that I, I would uh, I'd go through. So what I thought we'd do, I'd share some of my tips and you know put it over to you as well, Kaz. Yeah. Um, so often I, I encourage people if they work well with a consultant and you know you, you you feel like you're getting getting along well with them, they get. I guess they've seen you at your best, maybe request to work with them again. Mm-hmm. I think it's not always possible, but definitely something that I would try uh, just just to yeah, just have a go. Yeah, so it's actually something I did, um, not, not a lot, but a couple of times. And, you know, really just chat to whoever does your rostering, have a chat to the, your um, critical care supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very possible to make it work because, you know, you are auxiliary um, and you're there to learn, so you can be moved on if you want to. So I did that mm-hmm. twice because I wanted to work with a certain consultant and get a, get a reference. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just turned up on my days off. <laughs> um, so I think definitely that's something you should do. And um, if it's within the ability of the department mm-hmm. and the roster, I think they would definitely um, attempt it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now, a few of the other things are the fact that, you know, when we when we are giving a reference to a critical care person or a junior person, we know that you're not going to be that competent with tasks. So when you think about it, unless you're, you've already got a lot of experience, which most of, most people wouldn't, how do you really stand, you know, stand above the other people and how do you get a good reference? Mm-hmm. And so this is probably a lot to do with how to, you know, how to pr- present yourself um, in many different ways. But to, and I, we'll, I guess we'll come to this in the interview process. You know, what would you want? your trainees to be like if you're a boss is probably a good question. I think we mentioned a few of those points, you know, the reliability and thoroughness and I guess enthusiasm and work rate. I think these are some critical factors that every single person needs to have, especially if they want to get a good reference from from someone. Yeah. So one of the um, patterns I saw when I was getting references was really this idea of trainability as well. Um, I think you use this. um, Yeah, that's right. Uh, Apparently I'm trainable. Hey. <laughs> so I think the idea is, you know, as, as, as Lahiri was saying, um, all these skills like that, you're going to learn them. That's a point of the training program. Mm-hmm. If a resident came in a bit, you know, able to intubate a grade four by themselves and put in lines and manage a thoracic case by themselves, then you would need a training program. So that's mm-hmm. not the point. The point is, are you going to be a person who's going to be reliable, who's mm-hmm. going to be trustworthy, who's mm-hmm. going to be amenable to receiving feedback and learning? Mm-hmm. And and that and that's a really difficult assessment, and that's where I think the referees come in. So it's much more about who you are as a person and the kind of impression you give, and mm. uh, and I think focusing on that side of things is much more important than trying to you know really get every tube when you're a resident, when you're a quick care resident. That's absolutely absolutely right. So I had one trainee who's really good, like so thorough with everything, really hardworking, and they just happened to miss the cannula 
every single time on on a, on my rotation on my session. We've all had those weeks. Yeah, right. And 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 to be honest, I cared zero that they missed the cannulas, and I honestly didn't care. I was so impressed that they'd done everything else. So the, all the other things that this p- particular trainee did was, you know, they saw every single patient. You can't see the patients in person, but you can definitely look at the notes or look at the electronic medical record and just do a provisional chart. And, you know, the amount of extra work it takes isn't too much, but they, they made that effort. They probably got in there early, like even half an hour early to do that. Um, and with that, they had a rough plan. So they saw each of the patients, at least on paper, made a plan. Um, they also would have checked the machine, drawn up any medication that they thought were relevant. And the extra thing that you may not know when you're starting out is to get everything else ready. So you might want to have an ultrasound scanner for nerve blocks. Maybe you expected that this was a difficult airway or maybe you wanted to have a bit more of a teaching airway experience. So you asked for the video laryngoscope. And so these are all the little things that you can do to make every day go well. Come in early, check the machine, draw up the drugs, see that every patient, at least on you know paper, uh, make a plan and then do something extra if you want to, you know, if you want to learn. So um, and one of the things continuing on from that, that I realized I think pretty late into my quick care job is the more ownership you take of your list mm-hmm. and the patients, the more ownership you will get over the anesthetic and the more decisions you can make in the autonomy. You know, <laughs> That's right. In a supervised way. So um, I had experience where, you know, I, I just happened to be late and I didn't really know the patients and I was a bit frazzled and whatever. And, um, you know, I just kind of, and the day just went worse because then the consultant was very involved. I didn't get to make any decisions. They did the anesthetic. I just, you know, and you felt very passive and you kind of walk away going, that was very uh, like unsatisfactory. I felt like I didn't achieve anything. And I kind of then walked away a bit grumpy and it was only reflecting afterwards. I'm, I'm, I was kind of actually like, well, if I turned up early and I did everything, then maybe they'd approach me differently. So the next day I came in half an hour early, had everything written up, had done the consents, the check-in had drawn up. I didn't draw up drugs at the point because I was still quite junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd made all the decisions that I thought I was capable of making. Mm-hmm. And the consultant walked in and I told them my plan and they're like, great, sat down and just let me do everything. Which yeah. when I was like a you know first rotation quick care resident was like yeah. the biggest boost of confidence <laughs> because someone believed in me to do all that. That's right. I, I say this phrase and I, I hope people do take it lightly. Uh, you, I, th- I feel like your job by being thorough and you know having a good work ethic is to give your boss the confidence to give you enough rope. Yeah, I won't complete that sentence, but it's probably a bit morbid. Uh, but yeah, you know, this whole being supervised is about me allowing or the supervisor allowing the trainee because they believe they have confidence in their ability to stretch them to the point of a bit of discomfort. Yeah. And you can only get that by showing that you're competent to that level. So imagine someone does a lot of work. You go, well, well, you know, they've done a lot of work. They probably do deserve to do more things in that list. Uh, and it's okay if they get it wrong because I will bail you out if, if, when, if and when you need it. But someone who's not performing at that level of thoroughness and work ethic, you probably think, oh, well, they're not ready for that yet. Yeah. So there's a bit of a translation of how much you think someone's ready for based on how much work they're doing. Yeah. And you got to go through that first stuff before you can get the other stuff. Exactly. Um, yes, I mean, like, like for example, I, I worked in a hospital that didn't do much uh, regional anesthesia, but you know, I, I did so much work to get my regional experience. You know, calling the patient before and calling the surgeon to be okay with that, getting everything ready, getting the patient down before. Like it was probably a good hour, hour and a half of prep time to get one block or one potential block. And you know, if you're not, if I, th- I think in some circumstances, if you're not doing that kind of time, then you're not going to get the experience and that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. So, 
I guess the next, the next question is, so let's say you do all of these things and you're being very thorough and you've got a really great work ethic and you're showing interest um, and, you, and you're asking relevant questions as well. Uh, how, how if, if you were to arrive late or actually here's a question, uh, what do you do I'm, when you're about I'm, to arrive late? I'm never late here. <laughs> Yeah. So look, I think arriving late, um, there's there's a few ways you can approach it. And I think the best thing you can do is let the boss know. Yeah, exactly. And before it happens. Before it happens yeah. and give them warning. And I think oftentimes, you know, like I have been known to be late. And I think when you are late and you turn up and the, you know, often the first thing the consultant goes, I don't really care if you're late. Like it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but let me know because otherwise I just think you're tardy. Yeah. Um, and often that's really all it takes. And sometimes you can't reach the boss, leave a message that numb. And sometimes the reasons are like genuine, um, you know, and it could be traffic, it could be whatever. Sometimes you just woke up late and everyone's done this. I don't think a single exactly. person could say they've never been late. But I think, as you said, it's about giving people adequate notice so that the workflow and patient care is not compromised yeah. because of it. Now, I, I had this almost a badge of pride where I feel like I was never less than 15 minutes early to every list. But that's not true because I know that one time the daylight saving I got daylight saving wrong and I got a call. Oh, what happened? I got a call at 8.30 and like I, I wasn't at work yet. I was meant to start at 7.30 and anyway, 10 minutes I was in work and I apologized and, you know, everyone thought it was pretty funny. Okay. Uh, but, I've you know, like in, in five years of training, I think that happened twice. Yeah. So, but, you know, th- so things will happen and I think I'm a really punctual person in general. But if it does happen, yeah, just, just call ahead. It, and it's so much better to call 15 minutes before than to rush in and like, you know, if you really were late on this traffic for, for really genuine reasons, you don't want to be rushing in uh, with, the, with the wrong frame of mind. Mm. Um, yeah, a bit of a confession as well. So I remember one of my private lists that I did, uh, probably my first year as a junior consultant, it was usually a half day list, uh, but then they just happened to put it as an all day list because the surgeon had, had more work to do. Um, and I just completely didn't realize that. Like it was mentioned a couple of weeks before, and on that morning, I did not, I thought I had the morning off as normal. And so can you imagine my surprise getting a call at like 8.30 saying, uh, where are you? <laughs> and there's a person, I, I used to always arrive half an hour early to that list because there's a lot to do. Uh, and I remember thinking at that point, you know what, I'm just going to apologize. Yeah. There's nothing to be gained. It was a, it was a long day. Like yeah. it was, I was going to be working for 16 hours or so. So I, you know, I didn't rush. I just went through, you know, my normal thing, breakfast, shower, everything, yeah. and just drove safely to work and yeah. just went, you know, I'm sorry, mistakes happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, then you, you try not to be late, try to be early. You get, you've got a lot of stuff to do as a junior and getting in early helps you do that. Sorry, I don't mean to check, but yeah. on the whole idea of getting in early, I think this is something that is also quite important. Mm. Um, do you need to come in early and how early do you need to come in? That's a really good question. And because I, whenever, whenever you ask this from a consultant, they go, no, just come in the same time I do. Yeah. But I, I, but it's also, I think quite difficult because yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, so technically you should, you should, you should come in for the hours you are paid. I feel like that's just a, a normal requirement yeah. for what the job is. The thing, the thing that uh, I guess the thing, the reason why I'm uneasy saying that is, you want to get more experience. So you're not, I'd say you're not coming in early for anyone but you, mm. you know, like if you're a junior, the list is going to run fine, uh, with, you know, without you. It, 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 you're really doing it to get more experience and get more action uh, in, in the job. Yeah. And so I think 
you're coming in early for you. Obviously, you're, not prob- you're probably not going to get paid for coming in early. So technically, you know, you don't need to. But you will get more out of the day if you do. I just, I, I just feel that that you know, do it for yourself. Do, don't do it for anyone else. Yeah, I think the other thing is often when consultants have trainees, they do they wouldn't come as early as they would if they were alone because there's an expectation that, you know, some of the work would be done because that's your job as a trainee because, you know, you, you are the primary anesthetist, you know, for, for most of those cases with, with the supervision of a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think you know, if you are coming late, it, so if you are not going to come early and you have software, it does just then change the efficiency of the list because then the consultant's on the back foot. Mm-hmm. And I think that also just creates an unsavory environment so i think i think at the very least you should be there before your consultant yep yep yeah i mean i mean uh, what i'd say is that consultant should always be there on time and it, w- <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't matter yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah no that's, that's that's good so i guess the next question is when you uh, in anesthesia it's quite funny because i think coming from a ward job you realize that man you get a lot of breaks in anesthesia yeah. <laughs> especially as a junior um so how long should you take a break for that's a, that's a bit of a philosophical question. Um, I think generally in medicine, a break is 15 minutes and lunch is kind of 20 minutes to half an hour. Um, and I think that's just generally kind of a good framework. It does differ depending on the boss, depending on, um, you know, the hospital and the culture and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with that. Would you? Yeah. 15 minutes for, for like a coffee break. And, and the reason I ask this question is, you know, I think it's it's good to know, like this is just our opinions right now. Mm. It's good to find out how long you ex- they expect you to be away from because if they say, yeah, take your time, take half an hour, or if they say take your time and then you take half an hour and they actually expect you to say take your time and only take 15 minutes yeah, max, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a real change in expectations, yeah. right? Uh, and, and people do often say that they go take your time, we'll be here for a while, don't rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're very kind of unqualified statements that are really hard to base anything on. Yeah, But I do say if someone said take your time, I probably wouldn't rush as much as yeah. if they're like, oh, do you go have a quick break? I think I think there is a qualification of the duration there. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I, I used to always say something like, yeah, I'll be back at this time. Yeah, And then if there is a problem with that, then, well, they know. Yeah, But there is a, it's definitely something that we, we look at, I think, is that, oh, why aren't they back? And maybe you are doing something really useful, mm-hmm. seeing the next patient or going reviewing a patient with some post-op problems. But again, I think there's definitely probably less autonomy in anesthesia at the start where because they're supervising you and they want to see how you're doing at the job, they probably want a bit more reporting back and a bit more accountability to know exactly what you, what you are doing mm-hmm. uh, because yeah, I guess they're responsible for you and want to see that you're max getting the most out of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think again, like if you're going to go and have a study in your break, which, you know, I often did, uh, I actually um, learned probably a bit late that I just should just tell the boss, I'm going to go study for the 15 minutes mm-hmm. because then if you're a bit late, they kind of get it because yeah, sometimes yeah. You, do, you are studying, you're doing some, you know, revision or something and you lose track of time. Yes. So I, I didn't do that a few times and I just really think if you're clear and honest and you set your expectations on both ends, mm-hmm. um, it's really good. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So probably after all of this, you know, you, you, you know, your expectations for, for the rotation, you work with the same boss, hopefully a few times that you get along with uh, and you do all these things to get yourself as, as qualified as possible for a good reference. How do you ask a consultant for a reference because you, you need to get a pretty exceptional reference a lot yeah. of the time. Look, I think, I mean, it, it's, it's difficult, but I think everyone knows the game by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone knows 
that you need good references to get into anesthesia. <coughs> I think everyone mm-hmm. needs good references to get into everything. I think so, some specialties are different. In some specialties, there's an expectation that if you're saying you're going to give a reference, you're going to give a 10 out of 10 reference. Mm-hmm. I think anesthesia, it's, it's probably not as, hasn't gone that far over to that side. Mm-hmm. I think references are still quite qualitative. Um, so I think, you know, when you ask a consultant, can I, can I, you know, would you mind being a referee? Some might go, oh, look, just so you know, I'm, I'm a very harsh marker. Yep. And that's just a very diplomatic way of saying yep. either A, they are a harsh marker <laughs> or they say, I'm not comfortable giving you what you're kind of looking, looking, looking for. for yeah. That might not be a reflection of your competence. That just might be, mm-hmm. they just might have a different standard against which they measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think some people might go. Uh, and, and I've had people say this to me. They've been like, oh, look, I actually haven't worked with you enough. Can you try arrange a few lists with me mm-hmm. so I can assess you properly? So I, th- that's when I went and spoke yeah. to the admin staff and comments of roster and a few lists. And then some people are like, great. Um, and and I think just be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think if you're in a kind of a major hospital that has a big anesthetic department, mm-hmm. you really need to say, oh, I need a good reference. I, I think that... To me, that sounds a bit strange. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you could go, are you comfortable with giving me like a good reference for the program? I think that's still kind of okay, but it is very challenging. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you find? and that is probably the language I'd use. Um, you know, firstly, pre-selecting people, I think is yeah. pretty important. But using the phrase something like, "Are you? would you be comfortable giving me and would you be comfortable giving me a reference? And maybe even saying, would you be comfortable giving me a competitive reference? Yes. Uh, might, might be a way to phrase it. Um, but what you said about, you know, trying to work with people more often and, and sometimes you just don't have that much time. So this is something you need to organize in your first couple of weeks. If you think, yep, worked well with that person. Uh, maybe you've learned from the previous years who is good to get a reference from or who is good, good to work for, who's probably, you know, more enthusiastic about teaching your staff. Uh, and, you know, there's always a range of people in departments. So finding out who those people are might be useful uh, and then trying to time it so that in that maybe you've only got seven weeks, maybe you've only got 13 weeks, maybe you've got six months. But in that time, you need to think about a lot of things and this is definitely one of them. And I definitely said don't leave it till the week before it's due. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's very busy and I think um, a lot of people have very strict mindsets about not doing work stuff at home and mm-hmm. I think that's important to have a balance so mm-hmm. I think expecting someone to do a reference the day before it's due is is um it's not a good look and I think it's an unfair expectation yeah so what I would do is you know in your first couple of weeks don't stress about references just enjoy find a few consultants you like mm-hmm. and then start thinking and then you can approach them really early and say you know hey um like I think I did this with you I was like hey like I'd want a reference and I think you said yeah great come do extra extra this with me mm-hmm. And then you made an assessment and then, um, you know, you, you gave a reference. And I think another element of that is um, qualitative statements in the referee, referee form is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone can just write a whole bunch of terms. I don't think that means much to someone assessing it. I think if you go write something specific, even if it's not particularly verbose, is far more useful. So yes. I, I, I often said that I'm like, look, would you mind writing something yeah. like specific and detailed about me? Yes. In the refer- refer- and I think that's a really good idea, actually. And something else you said was really good. Uh, once you think that you enjoyed working with someone and you, you know, you had that chemistry that you were working well together, to tell them early on, hey, look, would you be able to observe me? I'll try to do a few more lists with you, maybe even, you know, do some extra lists with you. Mm. Uh, I, and in that time, would you be, you know, would you look at me and give me advice uh, so that I can potentially get a reference from you in the future? I think that's a really great strategic way. You don't surprise anyone. Mm. 
Um, and, you know, for me personally, like uh, I, I like to make, you know, one of the reasons I started doing the ABCs of anesthesia course was uh, not just to teach people, but this is, this is what I expect. Like my expectations are completely transparent. If you know the, if you know the course, I will be super impressed uh, and you'll get the most exceptional reference. So yeah. yeah. Um, ask, you know, asking that of your consultants who you might want to reference from, what do you expect? And please give me feedback uh, and asking for that feedback is a yeah, really useful thing. Mm. Um, I guess another question is, so, so mm. one of the points you brought up earlier is, um, you know, in an anesthesia, you only work with a boss once, mm. but, but I think a point to also consider is that's, once assume it's one half day list that's four hours you're in the same room talking to a consultant yeah the whole time potentially if, if they want to talk to you <laughs> but i don't think any other specialty can really say that no, that's the, right. that a consultant has said they spoke and spoken to a resident for that length of time yes registrars yeah sure but not yeah. a resident so i think don't underestimate the the the, the, the how much information people can can ascertain about you in that time. Uh, I mean, obviously I haven't supervised directly a consultant mm. registrar, but when I've had residents or medical students, yeah, you immediately true. know what they're like just yeah. from the half day. Yeah. And little things like whether you, if you're just having a normal chat that probably you only get so much from, but little things, you know, you'll never get the history right first time. But mm. if the thing you said at the start of the list, they're reproducing at the end of the list, that's trainability. Mm. They've increased their learning curve. They've modified based on your feedback, but if they're not, that's a risk factor. Yeah. And it also then gives people the opportunity to give you feedback and then for you to work on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Which I think is really important. That's good. <laughs> good. So I think we've talked about how to get reference, how to approach people and, um, you know, what sort of things you could say to someone to get <laughs> a reference. Um, how about chasing up referees to submit things on time? Yeah. I think that's really difficult. Um, I think first of all, Acknowledging that sometimes you need, I've, I've, I've recently had to write quite a few references for this one person. And, you know, I realized, wow, that's actually a decent job for them to organize, but also for me to organize myself to do it on time. Mm. Uh, and I think the way they approached it was quite good, which is, look, I, you know, I'm sorry, I've got quite a few references. Would you mind sending it to these different places? Uh, and making it as easy for your boss. So this particular person did all the you know, filled in all the forms, uh, you know, with my name, email, the relevant, you know, it made it easy for me. So I, all I had to do was go, yep, I'm sending this to that person yeah. without having to do much myself, except insert a document and put, you know, insert an email. Yeah. So make it as easy as possible. You know, potentially this person apologized for, ha you know, having so many references for me to fill out. Uh, but again, all I had to do is really just fill out one and copy paste because it's the same form. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, also, Again, stating stating the obvious, that do you, do you mind? This this obviously is, is means means a lot to me. But would you would you mind if I just followed up and just check that you've done it, just in case? Uh, I know you're busy. That kind of thing. Just just let them know that you'll you'd like to check that it's been done because yeah. I've heard horror stories of consultants saying, "Yep, yep, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it," and then at the very last minute, "Ah, oh, sorry, don't have time." Yeah, that's not happened often, but yeah. probably know. not as much as in anesthesia, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I would say that all, in my perspective, is actually the bare minimum. You know, I, I think if you're asking mm -hmm. a consultant to provide multiple references, mm -hmm. if you haven't bothered to pre-fill it, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I, if, I, if I was being asked of me, I would probably still do it, but I would be like, I expect you to at least do this yeah, because yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a lot of work for a consultant. Oh no, you should definitely, yeah. <laughs> hold on, this isn't pre-filled, uh, are, you, are you missing something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like now I don't feel like giving you a reference yeah. because you didn't pre-fill it. Do you need a pen? I can give you a pen. 
Um, so some other tactics that I find are quite useful. Um, so one of the other bosses, one of the orthopedic bosses I've asked for consult, um, referee form said, great. Um, he filled out a blank form, gave it to his, um, assistant or mm-hmm. the department assistant mm-hmm. and then got me to contact them. So I gave them all a list of all the places, the fax numbers, the due dates. Yes. Um, and then the assistant just filled in the details and faxed them out. Oh, exactly. And it was, it was, it was great. Um, once when I was for a more junior job, I got a consultant to actually give me a, obviously trusted me, give me a blank, give me his referee form, yep. um, which then I kind of filled out and then faxed to the different places. Oh, okay. But, but I don't think that's, that doesn't uh, work too much because they, they do want it sent by the consultant. Correct. Yeah. And I think the ANSCA one is also online if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I think, it? I think it was online. So there's, there are complexities, but I think again, yeah. be honest, be um, clear. And I think just when you chase up, just be polite. Yeah. I think most people can do that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good chat. Excellent. So, yeah, I think you already mentioned what we went through. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so thanks very much for watching and listening. There's ABCs of Anesthesia. And, yeah, please share with anyone who might be interested in this topic, uh, anesthesia or otherwise. And we'll see you again for the next time. See ya. Thanks. Thanks.